Envision Utah recently celebrated our 25th anniversary. We started with the mission to engage Utahns in shaping a bright future, despite all the challenges that come from being one of the fastest growing states in the country. The initial Envision Utah process focused on a few important and very interrelated issues. Water, air quality, transportation, land use, open space, and housing. Not only do these all have a clear impact on quality of life, but these were the issues that seemed most important to Utahns when they thought about the future. Over time, though, another issue started to pop up when we talked to Utahns about the future. In our studies, we first really saw it in 2007. By 2014, Utahs ranked it as the number two priority for the future, right behind water. Every year, there's a little jockeying for position among the top issues. Housing was a big issue for the last couple of years, for example. But this one topic has remained one of the top concerns for a decade. If you haven't guessed it yet, the topic is education. Now, education is not always as tangible as, say, housing. And it's not as intrinsically connected to some other growth issues the same way, for example, transportation and air quality are. But Envision Utah's business isn't just about the built environment. It's about Utah's future. And there are few, if any, issues that will shape the quality of life for the next generation as much as education will. Because, after all, our children's education is everyone's future. This is the Your Utah, Your Future podcast. Envision Utah's podcast about how we make sure Utah is a great place to call home now and for years to come. And this is the first episode in our series on the future of education in Utah. Right now, there are some 700,000 Utah kids enrolled in school from kindergarten through 12th grade. And there are nearly 250,000 students enrolled in some kind of higher education. That's more than 25% of our population, meaning there's a lot for us to talk about when it comes to education. And we'll cover as much as we can from early brain development to the teacher shortage to college and everything in between. Today, we'll set the stage for all of that by discussing some of the basics of education in Utah. How our education systems work, who runs our systems, how do we pay for it all, and more. Let's start by talking about why education matters in the first place. We as a common community benefit when all of us have had good educational experiences. That's Brittany Cummins, Senior Education Advisor to Governor Spencer Cox. She came into that role with a career in schools and six years on the State Board of Education. Needless to say, she knows a thing or two about the role of education in our state. Family stability is based on good education outcomes and post-secondary training opportunities. Economic development in our state is based on all of these things as well. And so all of us in our community benefit from good, positive education outcomes and experiences for our students. In 2016, Envision Utah completed what we call a value study all about education. It was a fascinating research project. And at the heart of it, we found that Utahns care about some things more than others. Want to guess what Utah's biggest priority is? In fact, since this is an education episode, why don't we make this a pop quiz? Which of these do Utahns tend to think is the most important benefit for us to get out of our education systems? A, economic opportunity. B, the ability to contribute to our communities. Or C, personal fulfillment. The answer is all of these. When you really get down to it, this is what Utahns expect our education systems to do for us. First, we want someone to go through school and gain knowledge and skills that can lead to a good job, economic opportunity, the ability to find work that will allow them to enjoy a good quality of life and support themselves and their families. Next, we want education to make our communities better by preparing students to become contributing members of society. 
And finally, we expect our education systems to prepare us and future generations to be able to have a sense of fulfillment, giving students knowledge and skills and confidence to pursue their goals, have some control over their lives, or simply be prepared for the challenges of life. It's not just that this is what Utahns expect. Research is clear that people with more education are more civically engaged, volunteer more, are healthier, are less likely to commit crime, and are much less likely to be unemployed or in poverty. So as we talk about education, think about these three outcomes. How well are we doing at providing these to Utah students? Does every kid have the opportunity to get this kind of education? And what do we need to do today to make sure we're delivering these outcomes to future generations of Utah students? And keep in mind that when our schools do a great job of providing these outcomes to our students, we're not just creating a great quality of life for them. We're strengthening the entire state. You would not find an economic developer in the world, and certainly not in the country, that wouldn't say that education is absolutely a difference maker in building an economy. That's Teresa Foxley, who, at the time of this interview, was the president and CEO of the Economic Development Corporation of Utah, otherwise known as EDC Utah. Probably the simplest way to explain EDC Utah's work is to say that they help bring jobs and economic opportunities to the state. If there's one thing that Utah is really known for, it's not fry sauce. It is actually our young, growing population. Utah's median age is seven years younger than the national median. And we actually have the highest number of students as a percentage of our population enrolled in the K-12 through system. Today, the nation is facing a distinct demographic challenge. The U.S. has an aging population. Baby boomers are leaving the job market. And subsequent generations aren't as large, leaving us with both a talent and a labor shortage in the job market. Having a well-educated workforce that is productive, that's young, that's loyal, those are real selling points for companies who are in a talent war. And Utah has a great offering there. And so we really position Utah as a place where the world's most innovative companies, those who start here, those who started elsewhere but would like to be part of this, can access an amazing talent pool. And our education system is the cornerstone of that. All this is to say, education really matters for the students in the classroom right now, but it also really matters for the rest of us. It's what makes our economy, our job market, our communities, and even our families stronger. So with that background... Let's explore what our education systems actually look like in a segment we're calling Utah Education 101. Currently, our full public system has about 675,000 students, a kindergarten through 12th grade, and they participate in education either through a public district or a public charter school. We have 41 school districts, and we have about 113 charter entities within our state as well. Again, that's Brittany Cummins. And let's explain something she just mentioned, because it can be confusing. Traditional public schools are organized in school districts that serve a specific geographic area and are run by an elected school board. They depend on local, state, and federal government funds and are free to anyone within their boundaries from kindergarten through 12th grade. Charter schools are also public schools. They're also free to attend and receive public funding. They're governed by a board. They don't serve a specific geographic area, but instead are meant to, as the state code says, expand the types of instructional methods and programs offered by schools. Both traditional districts and charter schools have to meet certain requirements for teacher licensure, student learning, and a host of other things. And here's a pro tip. If you want to sound like you know what you're talking about when you talk to your education friends, call school districts or charter schools LEAs. It stands for Local Education Agency and is basically the shorthand to refer to both traditional public schools and charter schools together. 
Utah also has 166 private schools that serve 21,000 students. These are schools supported primarily by non-public money, like tuition or an endowment. As the name implies, they're private and not subject to the same governance and requirements of public schools. But who makes the requirements anyway? And who's really in charge of education in Utah? We have a lot of hands on the wheel for education governance. That is Dr. Sydney Dixon, the state superintendent of public instruction, or in her words, Utah's public education system cheerleader. Superintendent Dixon has had a career in education spanning 40 years, from district offices to being a teacher, a counselor, a principal, and on the State Board of Education. I think of myself as having an arm around the system and a hand on the back, sort of nudging it forward. There is a lot we could talk about in terms of school governance, but since this is Utah Education 101, we'll try to be as simple and as brief as we can. Let's start not with a person, but with the standards. These are the things that students are supposed to learn or be able to do. For instance, standard number three for sixth grade science says that students will understand the relationship and attributes of objects in the solar system. Now there are objectives and sub bullets and all sorts of details that are part of these standards. But the point is that there is a set of things that students are supposed to learn. And who teaches those things? Teachers. We'll have much more to say about teachers next episode, but for now, it's important to know that research has shown that teachers have a bigger impact on student learning than anything else within a school. Then every school has a principal or other instructional leader or administrator. They can do a lot for their local schools and have an enormous impact on teacher success and student learning. The next level of school governance is the leaders of the district or charter school. Our locally elected boards of education in our charters, in our district brick and mortar schools, online schools, all of those schools run under the direction of a board. And that board really sets the policy that impacts our students and families locally. District school boards are elected by voters within district boundaries. The boards vote on budgets, set additional standards, decide when to build or rebuild or close schools maybe decide on a specific curriculum they want to use, and a host of other very important things. They also appoint the charter school leader or district leader, usually called a superintendent, whose job it is to actually run the district or school. Another important local school board function, they can impose local property taxes to help fund their districts. One level up, and we reach the Utah State Board of Education. In the Constitution, our State Board of Education has oversight authority for public education. They're the ones who set the standards and graduation requirements. They set rules for what it takes to become a teacher. They also distribute a lot of the state's education funding, and they're in charge of seemingly countless details required to educate 680,000 students. Utah has 15 members of the Board of Education, each representing and elected by a different region of the state. They also appoint the state superintendent, whose job it is to actually administer this whole system. But the school board isn't the last group with some control over the school system. The legislature has a policy and a purse, and they provide funding, they provide policy, so they have an element of oversight over our schools. Because of this, the legislature routinely covers a broad range of issues from funding and teacher salaries to hygiene products in schools or school safety, even curriculum. The governor has a bully pulpit, but in our state does not appoint board members. He or she sets forth a vision and works to carry that out by the levers that they have at their hand. If you're feeling a little confused, you're not alone. Running our schools is messy. Remember, we've got 680,000 kids in public schools from different families, communities, and backgrounds. And those who make decisions have so many responsibilities. Sometimes they're overlapping. Sometimes they're even competing. And that's not to mention the huge amount of money that we spend on education. 
which is probably a good segue into the next section, funding. Let's start off this section with another pop quiz. The bulk of public education funding comes through A, income taxes, B, the federal government, or C, property taxes. The correct answer is income tax dollars. Again, Brittany Cummins. There is an earmark in our constitution that creates a bucket of money out of income tax dollars. And most of that money for income tax dollars goes to education, both K-12 and higher education purposes. There's also local taxes, so property taxes that are assessed by local districts also go towards education. And then obviously there is a smaller part of the pie that comes from the federal government. But the bulk of the money comes through income tax dollars. In total, the state spent $7.3 billion on public education in 2022. About 64% of that was state funds, predominantly income taxes. Nearly a quarter of the funding came from local funding like property taxes, and 12% came from the federal government. One last note on funding, about two-thirds of funding statewide is spent on student instruction, mostly teachers, but also other student supports. There are a lot of other expenses like administration, facilities, food, and transportation, but students and student learning take the bulk of it. There, that conversation on funding wasn't so bad, was it? Now there are just a couple more issues we need to cover in this Utah Education 101 lesson. Dr. Richard Nye is the superintendent of Granite School District and former deputy superintendent for the State Board of Education. So the federal government requires that we, each state, have an accountability system. And in other words, how to rank schools because a certain portion of our budget comes from the federal government. Utah schools and student performance are scored on two standards, proficiency and growth. Proficiency is measured based on how students are performing in English language arts, math, and science, how well they meet the standards. And growth is measured in percentiles, which indicate the growth a student has made in relation to learning objectives. For example, you may have a student who begins sixth grade reading at the third grade level. But over the course of that one school year, that child could grow a ton and be reading on a fifth grade level. So by one measure, they had outstanding growth, even if on another measure, they're not quite proficient. And that's the type of information we need to say, how are we meeting the needs of students along that growth continuum? Because by the time that student reaches seventh grade, They grow another two years, they're going to be well on their way to where they need to be grade level in that proficiency mark. And just like there are statewide assessments, there are also national assessments. Here's Brittany Cummins again. There is a nationwide assessment called the NATE, and that test is given on a survey of students that participate on a rolling basis, and they only test in reading and math literacy. And traditionally, over several decades, Utah has done really well in those rankings. And in fact, the results for the 2022 eighth grade math just recently came out, and Utah was the only state in the nation that didn't see a loss in eighth grade math results. Now, we feel it's important to point out that while standardized assessments are important, performance metrics like these are not and will likely never be perfect. And even though Utah ranked highly on math compared to other states, we still have about half of our students who don't score as proficient on those assessments. Half of our students who don't have a mastery of the material. Not to mention there's a meaningful difference between how well white students and students of color are performing. Also, doing well compared to other states isn't always something to get too excited about. U.S. education is considered fairly mediocre compared to other countries. For example, there's an assessment called the PISA that's widely regarded as the gold standard of international education assessments. 
It's known for focusing more on critical thinking and problem solving than on facts or recitation. The U.S. ranks 13th out of 77 education systems in reading and 30th in math. In other words, there's absolutely room to grow if we really want to prepare our students to compete in a global economy. Like any issue worth caring about, education is facing some major challenges. Here's Superintendent Dixon again. Some of the challenges that we have in education are making sure that every student has what they need to do their very best work. Sometimes that hits at the very basic level of a student having food and shelter. There are currently 15,000 students in our state who are experiencing homelessness at any given time. The second challenge that we have is making sure that our students are literate and that they are really proficient in mathematics. And unfortunately, almost half of our students aren't prepared to read by third grade. Our schools also face labor challenges. Here's Superintendent Nye. Like every other industry right now, there's a labor shortage. And so making sure that we have the teachers that we need and classified staff that we need to be able to provide those educational services uh, continues to be a challenge. Utah's teacher shortage has been building for a long time. And it's not just a current labor shortage. It's a shortage of young people who want to become teachers. And of course, the pandemic has also caused some major challenges within our schools. Some of the top challenges our education system generally is facing is still understanding what some of the impacts from COVID have been on the student experience, but also what that impact has meant upon the professionals within education that provide those educational services. The disruption COVID-19 had on schools was felt worldwide, and Utah was no exception. And while we're still working to understand the full scope of its impacts, it is important to point out that Utah was better prepared than most others. Here's Superintendent Dixon again. So when this awful thing called a pandemic hit and really impacted our schools in the spring of 2020, we were ready to launch because we had things in place. It wasn't perfect by any means. If any of you have kids that were at your home, learning at home, you know it was less than perfect. But we were ahead of other states in terms of having devices and access to technology and access to wireless devices as well. From putting hotspots in school buses to implementing creative radial technology solutions, Utah stepped up to ensure our students had access to what they needed to continue learning. When we shut down on Friday on day one, day two, the Monday or Tuesday after, about 70% of our students had a device and access to Wi-Fi in their home. The truth is, most Utahns could go on and on and on about challenges in our schools or things we want to change. And it makes sense. Most people spend the better part of two decades in schools. And many of us have children or grandchildren in schools for their own two decades. So on one hand, we get to know schools pretty intimately and we have our own unique experiences with them, good and bad. But on the other hand, educating an entire generation is such a massive endeavor that it can be hard to wrap our minds around all of the nuance and the details. But the good news is we can give every child in Utah the chance to get a great education. And when it comes down to it, there's a lot of agreement on what that takes. It starts with learning and brain development from the moment kids are born. When parents and caregivers simply talk to and interact with their young children, especially in the first few years of life, their brains actively grow, creating a framework for learning that leads to success in school and many other aspects of life. Then, having the option for preschool and extended day kindergarten can provide foundational academic and social skills that kids need in school. 
It's especially important for those who are coming from circumstances that could put them behind. Then within our schools, nothing matters more to student success than having great teachers in every classroom. And throughout every student's education, we need to make sure that we're truly giving everyone an opportunity to succeed, regardless of race, skin color, economic background, or language. Everyone deserves the chance to get a great education. Finally, if we really want the up-and-coming generation of Utahns to have the economic opportunity and fulfillment we talked about at the beginning of the episode, we need every student to pursue some education beyond high school. Okay, you may have noticed we didn't really talk about higher education. There's just so much to cover in so little time. But it is the other major part of Utah's education system, and I promise we will talk much more about it in a future episode. For now, class dismissed. Next time on the Your Utah, Your Future podcast, we'll look at what's causing the teacher shortage in Utah, the case for better teacher compensation, and the strategies we can use to ensure teacher excellence across the state. If you want to learn more in the meantime, you can visit envisionutah.org to check out our Future of Education project page. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who cares about the future of education in Utah. This podcast is an Envision Utah production made possible by Envision Utah's generous supporters and the many, many Utahns who have worked with us over the years on education. This episode was written and produced by Shayla Adams with me, Jason Brown. Special thanks to our expert guests, Brittany Cummins, Teresa Foxley, State Superintendent Sidney Dixon, and Superintendent Richard Nye. We'll see you all next time for part two in our series on the future of education in Utah.